Welcome back to Kids Brain Detectives. I'm Dr. Jennifer Morrison, your host. I can't wait to share this week's episode. Welcome to what we're calling Parenting Pointers. This is Dr. Morrison, and with me I have Dr. Katie Caldwell to join in because both of us have, well, we both had this as a topic on our to-do list and thought, well, why not just talk about it together? And we come from two different perspectives, so I think it was nice to join us together. Neither of us are parenting experts because... They don't exist. Absolutely, they don't exist. If they say they are parenting experts, they're probably lying to you. And maybe to be nice and to try to give themselves some credibility. But all of us are just, in my mind, experts on a subject that happen to also be parents. And sometimes that makes it harder. I know the psychologist version of me shakes its head at the parenting version of me all the time. So what we're going to do over the next couple of segments for the parenting pointers elements is to talk about some broad strokes for things that can help parents in general to be better people, better parents within their family. But this is not a set of prescribed, do this in this way, this, you know, many times a week kind of thing. So the first concept we're going to go with is to be engaged. What does that mean? That's a good question. So parenting can feel like you're wearing a lot of hats. I don't know how many hats that you wear or if if you've actually counted, but you know, there's the scheduling manager, unfortunately, sometimes the drill sergeant, short order cook, chauffeur, and you are trading in these hats many times a day. Sure. Well, I always feel like I'm switching jobs too. Like on my calendar, even it's like I wake up and get ready. So there's a getting ready version of me. And then making sure everybody eats breakfast at my house. And then the chauffeur part kicks in because I have to get everybody through carpool. And then I hit the office and it's like a physical hat change to the psychologist version of me, which is still thinking about kids and family and what's going to happen at dinner time. But for a time that's set aside and it's a role that I don't have actively engaged while I'm helping other people with their stuff. And then Carpool hits again, take off that hat, switch to driving around mode. It is kind of a change from one role to another throughout the day. So my question is, for you, you have littler kids. I have bigger kids. All of them are boys. So for those of you that are girl moms, sorry about that. Our perspective is boy moms, at least for a few minutes. The question is, how are you engaged when you're doing those constant shifts between parent roles and trying to do a good job in all of them? What does engagement look like at the same time? Do I have to do something fancy? Do I have to carve out extra time? How do you handle that? So the answer is no. I don't think necessarily you have to carve out specific time. I think sometimes when you're able to, it, it, it is helpful. But I think the big thing here is just being intentional with the time that you have. And so I think sometimes we we think, you know, being an engaged parent means that you need to, on a Saturday, you need to if you have young kids, play with your kids all day long, be involved in their play, do everything that they want to do. If you have older kids, I know that that looks different, but that's not really what we're talking about here. You can be an engaged parent and just be intentional with the time that you do have. And so one thing that I think about, I don't know what this looks like for you as a chauffeur, but sometimes a really good time to talk to your kids is when you're driving them from place to place. So what, what does that look like for you? Well, I feel like, and maybe this is opportunistic of me, but especially when it's one-on-one because, and I don't know if this is true to your house too, kids are better one-on-one. I have two boys 
I would 100% prefer to have them one-on-one because I feel like I have the ability to focus. My kids are really different from one another too. So I feel like I have to do two different versions of parenting me with two different kids. And that can be a little bit at odds with itself when they're both in the same place at the same time. But the car is when we're kind of trapped together. And sometimes I feel like this is a glorious time because my 15-year-old can't go back to his room or walk away from me necessarily in this situation. So I feel like this is potentially a great time to engage in conversation. The part that I have a hard time with is trying to force a conversation. Like, I want to know what you did at school today. And what I get is the obligatory, fine, my day was fine, or I didn't learn anything or whatever. What I figured out over time is that sometimes this is a great opportunity to start conversations that don't feel like they're important in the hopes that it it turns into something else because it does sometimes end up being a discussion where we're talking about a song and I may say, oh, this song makes me think about this, just a random thought. And then there's a conversation that starts from there because he wants to know more or to add to it or to say that that's really stupid or whatever, but it's still something that we're engaging in together and it's just he and I. Absolutely. So does that count? I think that that does count. And I think that intentionally finding those times throughout the day or throughout the evening is really important. I also think that when when we can make it happen, even just a few minutes of that, you know, you mentioned one-on-one time with your kid or kids, if you have multiple, is really important. And so that, you know, for a toddler can look like doing a puzzle together, maybe coloring. And you you spoke to this in the, the BBC series that you did. Is just that non-directive play. With older kids, this could look different. Which sure. I don't have older kids, so that could be things like, like what? Well, with my youngest, he's more like we'll go out and play catch. Mm-hmm. Like he's a baseball player, so he may want to go out and throw the ball. Okay, and I'm willing to do that, which is great because it's something that he and I both enjoy. So he's working on a skill set, but he's asked me to join in and we may talk about what happened during the day. I have to use a lot of my interview skills that I developed being a psychologist to help with this, because if you come at it directly, sometimes the conversation doesn't happen. So things like you said earlier that you had this big project going on in science, but I can't remember what that was. Do I remember? Absolutely. I remember because I've got my kids mental to-do list down maybe better than my own mental to-do list, but it offers an opportunity for him to remind me of what's going on. Oh, remember mom, we're doing that thing where we design a product for whatever. Oh yeah. What did you end up going with? I know you're working as a group. So oftentimes that questioning instead of why did you do that is a little bit more what's going on with that, you know, so that it's open enough to be able to allow him to take the lead in conversation and to share the parts that he wants to. What about bedtime? I feel like there's always been this magic window of time when it's in the dark and you're doing your, you know, kisses and hugs and songs or whatever it is that bedtime looks like at your house where there's this Pandora's box of information that starts to unload itself. Why is that? Why are kids so much more willing to talk at bedtime? Even my four-year-old, I get so much information out of him at bedtime. So here's the part that drives me crazy because I am pretty fastidious about bedtime. Like I like to hit it on on the head, right? It's bedtime because for me, and maybe this is not something I should disclose, but even with younger kids, all I really wanted to do is make it to bedtime. Oh yeah. 
right? Absolutely. Like that there's this no magic. Yes. Kids are tucked in. Everybody's healthy. I made it through another day where nobody died. And we're pretty regimented. It's like when that seven o'clock rolls around for, we'll, we'll say it's for their sake, but really it's for ours. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's time. And so, you know, we'll read the books, but I will be honest. Sometimes I rush them a little bit Sure. <laughs> because I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for me time. Okay. So I don't feel so bad because no. I am, I am ready for it to be parent job over. And so this is one of those situations where I, found myself when my kids were younger, seeing this trend as well, where they want to unload at me at bedtime. So I actually intentionally backed up bedtime an extra 15 minutes because I found myself antsy to finish this conversation, right? Where I'm like, okay, buddy, but the clock is staring at me and I can see it 730 and it's supposed to be, you know, a time where I hang out with my husband or a time where I catch up on some other duties that make me feel accomplished or productive. Maybe they, they didn't happen and I wanted them to be crossed off the to-do list or whatever, This is a time, though, that is sacred. And so what I ended up having to do is create some space for it. Like, okay, so if bedtime, if I really want kids in bed asleep, not asleep, lights out and me walking out the door, like, sayonara, buddies, I'll see you later at 7.30, then I need to make sure that there's bodies in the dark at 7.15 so that they can unload whatever, oh, this thing happened, or this, my friend said this, or I've really been thinking about this. These are the times when, and I have a pretty deep 15-year-old who thinks in a in non-traditional ways at times where he's like, have you ever really thought about how small we are in the universe conversation happens? And I'm like, oh gosh, it's 7.25. We do not have time for this kind of soul searching moment that you're looking for. So to create some space for that, I started to back it up a little bit. That's that's brilliant. And I will say that made me think about this is also a really great time when we talk in a later episode just about love languages. This is a great time to do words of affirmation with your kids. And so telling them specific things that you admire about them or you love about them or just praising them for things that you've noticed that they've done recently. This is a great time to, to empower them and to validate them as well. Perfect. So when those big conversations come up, not only setting aside the time to hear it, to listen to it, but also to follow up with some, what I love about you, or this makes me value this about you things. I mean, who doesn't want to go to bed feeling like somebody really loves them? Absolutely. I think we all do. So I think this is a great engagement opportunity. So parenting pointer number one, Be engaged with your kids. And sometimes that means being aware of the moment of engagement, even if it's seconds at a time. And it doesn't mean setting aside a huge block of your calendar. And it doesn't mean the parent pitfall of cramming every single party outing and trip to trampoline park that you can on Saturday and Sunday. That's not always engagement. Those are great things. And and sometimes, forgive me for saying this, but kids can be like dogs where the more you run them and get that energy out the better that they do kind of into the evening. (laughs) So I I like that comparison, but those are all wonderful things. Getting them out, getting outside, that doesn't always mean engagement. And I think that's the distinction that we have to make. Right, because it's togetherness, sort of, in that you're enabling them to be there. So my thought always for engagement is if I could hire somebody to take my child to, to be there, like if I could Uber them there, and they still get their need met, then we are not engaged because there's a substitute, right? They could step in there. Engagement is the conversations that they can only have with you, the moments they can only have with you. You're not going to hire a substitute to go into your child's room and sing their night-night song or to read their final book before bed. Those are Those are mom only moments. Those Those are are dad only. 
Yeah, absolutely. Those are engagement moments. The ones at the trampoline park, you're in chauffeur mode. You don't realize it because you're in the same place at the same time, but all they need is somebody to drive them there. So if what you're wanting to do on that Saturday is to engage with your kid, then you're going to have to pick another time. It may be throwing a ball in the driveway. It may be watching a movie and eating popcorn together. It may be 10 minutes in your carpool commute, having a conversation with your 15-year-old. It may just be a few moments in the dark where you hug and kiss your child because those are things that you wouldn't do while they're at school or in the middle of their day, but are perfectly reasonably acceptable in the you know final dregs of the day where you're just trending into where you turn back into a human again because parent time is over. And this is all about quality, not quantity, right? Sure. Like it could be a few minutes. And so that's really what we're getting at here is just finding those few moments when you can to engage with your child. Sure. Awesome. Great pointer. Let's uh, table this for now and we'll meet back for the next parenting pointer in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Welcome to this week's Bond, Build, and Connect tip. I'm calling this one You and Me Together. This topic may be sort of an overstatement because almost every parent out there knows that in order to connect with your children, you have to actually spend time with them. A lot of times, though, the focus is on whole family activities like joint play, sports play, or game play, or having a movie night or something like that. And these are important and they should be a part of your child's day every day. There should be something that you do as a family every day if you can, whether it's walking the dog or sharing breakfast. However, just as important in this process is the one-on-one time needed for one parent to engage with one child. If there's only one parent in your family, then you're going to have to do the heavy lifting if you, if you have more than one child and split your time up with each of your children individually. Although we are busy and our lives are often filled with professional responsibilities and the time that we want to get in with our spouse or significant other, the time that we want to get in for self-care, which is really important as well. I find that my kids are much more enjoyable one-on-one, and so this is an easy one for me. But the best way to make this kind of an effective method is to find a thing that you and your children enjoy individually. My kids are very different, so this means that we are going to have a different agenda for you and me together time when it is me and my oldest son versus me and my youngest son. For my oldest son, he and I love sushi, but we're the only ones in the family that do. So my husband and my other son do not appreciate the fine aspects of sushi dates. And so my oldest and I get together and have sushi dates when it's just he and I and the others in our family are off doing something else. He and I also share a love of 70s rock. And so in the car, we will queue up a playlist that he and I both have contributed to, to share that time together. It's kind of our thing. And it may be something that I don't do with anybody else. So I don't eat sushi with my husband or my other son. I may with somebody outside of my family, but this is kind of our thing. My youngest son and I have a very different agenda. We watch anime together, which I I love animation in general. I don't love all anime, but I do find that there are certain aspects of the anime world that are age appropriate for my son and that he and I can enjoy together. 
My youngest also loves to cook. And so he's one to put on an apron and help me with some baking or help me with a new recipe that I'm trying out. We cook together a lot. My oldest will probably starve to death one day because the only thing he eats is cereal. And so he has no interest in standing in the kitchen learning how to cook with me. That's fine because I reserve that time for myself and my other son. So think about the opportunities that you can take as far as time allocated just for one child and mark your calendar for once a week. If you can do more you and me time, then do it. But try to see if you can schedule in opportunities for one-on-one tasks. And they don't have to take a horribly long time. If you don't have a thing just yet, there's a lot of research that suggests that if you learn together, that it's a great bonding opportunity. So maybe a super strong bonding opportunity for you and your child would be to take a class together. Like maybe you're going to learn how to play the guitar together or take a class on knife making, a blacksmithing class, or a fishing lesson, or take swim lessons with your child, or something like that that you can do together. Ultimately, what we're looking for is carved out time where you can focus on you and your child and the way to connect. Hope you and me together time helps your family feel stronger and more bonded this week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Kids Brain Detectives. We hope you enjoyed your time here with me, Dr. Morrison, and my colleague, Dr. Katie Caldwell. We sure enjoyed talking with you and look forward to talking with you again soon. Check out the show notes and we'll catch you next time.